Good morning, everyone. How are you? Good. Um, if you didn't hear Stu's introduction, or in case you've forgotten, uh, my name's Esther, and I'm one of the key leaders here at EBI. Um, and on Sunday mornings, um, we have been doing this teaching series that we have called uh, The Journey. And in this series, uh, we're using the Old Testament part of the Bible to think and wrestle with this concept of life and following Jesus being like a journey. So a journey with God to know more of God. And if you've missed any of our previous weeks, good news, you can catch up. Um, if you go to our resources page on our website, um, you can watch all the talks as many times as you want. And uh, we also have a thing called Connected. Um, that is also available online, same page. And basically that has some follow-up thoughts and questions that you can uh, mull over during the week. You might want to do that on your own, do it with some other people in your home group, um, however that works. So um, today... Uh, we are going to be having a think around team. And um, just as we, as we talk about this, I'm conscious of you know, what we've been praying for already today, that the definition of team is broad. So just maybe like keep that in mind as we talk about it. So we're going to think around team. And you may or may not know that I like sport. <laughs> Specifically, football and hockey. Um, one of my uh, genuine best things in life is to be part of different teams. And that's whether they're sport-related or not. Which, to be honest, um, sometimes I find quite confusing as a stubbornly independent introvert. But there you go. And this makes me think that there's something in this team thing that has depth. That is rooted in our DNA and how we have been intentionally created. And if you have a read of the start of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, you'll see a bit of that. So as I was starting to think about team, I googled, obviously, um, best team quotes or something similar, and promptly fell down a rabbit hole which took way too much of my time and ended with me unnecessarily reading 100 quotes from the TV series Ted Lasso. Anyway, that's not where we're going. Um, so I want to share with you three team-related quotes that, um, yeah, you might like. This is, uh, the first one is an African proverb, and it says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I'm going to be honest with you. I get this. I like it but it's tricky for me because I always would prefer to go fast. But anyway, that's something for me to learn and wrestle with. Um, the second one, this is uh, from Abby Wombach, who is an ex-football player. And she says, I've never scored a goal in my life without getting a pass from someone else. Nice. I'm going to try very hard to keep sports-related analogies and metaphors to a minimum today. Um, third one, uh, Mother Teresa, she says, none of us including me, ever do great things. But we can do small things with great love, and together we can do something wonderful. What a woman. So there's a lot of good stuff and wisdom in these words, isn't there? Um, but as I was down this rabbit hole of quotes, I was like, what about Jesus? Give me a Jesus quote. What does Jesus say about team? So I've got a quote for you. Um, it comes with a warning. 
Uh, it's not particularly screensaver, stick it on a t-shirt friendly, uh, but this is what Jesus says. It's in John 15, verses 12 to 13. Jesus says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So break it down. Take a moment. Get uncomfortable. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is Jesus looking as dead straight in the eye, telling us bluntly and directly what team looks like for people who follow him, who call themselves Christian in the right here, right now of 2023. Like we are to love in the same way Jesus loves us. Yikes, that's big. And maybe as you read that, the laying down uh, your life for your friends, maybe that seems kind of doable. But I suspect that Jesus' definition of friends blows apart our own. I suspect when, that when Jesus says friends here, when Jesus thinks about team, he's not just referring to people we like and who like us back. Like the Jesus way of life is so much more open-handed than that. Like Jesus sets the bar high. The command is costly. And I don't know about you, but I kind of like it. And I like it because I am 100% certain this is impossible for me, for you, for us, without a whole lot of Jesus. And this is the only way we can do and be teamed together with a whole lot of Jesus. So keep that in mind as we get stuck into this today. Uh, we're going to read some bits from Exodus, which is the second book in the Bible. Um, and in Exodus, we read about God rescuing the Israelites, who have been slaves in Egypt for 400 years or so, using Moses and Aaron and some very extreme miracles. And they escape from Egypt and spend an unnecessarily long time wandering around the desert, which includes more miracles, more screw-ups, and the Ten Commandments. And in this Exodus story, we get an amazing insight into God's relationship with people and God's desire to be, quite literally, living in amongst them, in amongst us. And there's so much going on in this book, so much we could look at when we think about team. Uh, but today we're going to focus on Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. And we're going to read uh, parts of their story a bit at a time. And it's going to be an imperfect picture of the whole story. Like, we can't read the whole of Exodus this morning. So just want to encourage you to do go home and read the book as a whole, read the bits that we miss out. And so our main point for today is uh, we need others to encourage, challenge, and support us in our journey. And cheekily, our other main point is God needs to be the glue that holds the team together, the focus, the thread running through it all. And it's only then that anything is possible, which is great. But what does this look like? What could it look like? And I've got three suggestions that I'm going to pick out from um, our reading of Exodus. They're 
we lose more things that you can find. This isn't an exhaustive list, just three suggestions from me. And so we're going to pick out um, a team that is responsive and courageous, a team that fills in each other's gaps, and a team that creates space and lets go. So here we go. A team that is responsive and courageous. And we're going to look to Miriam for this one. And we're going to start with Exodus chapter 2, verse 7. Then we're going to uh, jump ahead to chapter 15 and read verses 20 to 21. Uh, so this is uh, Exodus 2, verse 7. Then his sister, that's Miriam, asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women, Moses' birth mum, to nurse the baby Moses for you? So then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? And Exodus 15. Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand and all the women followed her with tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. So Miriam is Moses and Aaron's older sister. And she's only really mentioned a handful of times throughout the Exodus story. But through it, we see that she's ever-present, leading the Israelites alongside her younger brothers. And as you might expect from siblings, their relationship with each other is far from perfect. Um, If you read on through Exodus and even two whole Bible books later in Numbers 12, you'll see that. As a team, they lose their way, and they find their way. They are unbelievably forgetful. They stick a metaphorical two fingers up at God on more than one occasion. And they are also inspirationally obedient in how they follow God. I don't know about you. That might sound familiar. In the verses we read, we see Miriam bringing a much-needed, responsive and courageous edge. So Pharaoh, a desperate and feared leader, he's ordering the mass murder of Israelite baby boys in an effort to hold on to his seat of power. Miriam is a kid. She's had three months hanging out with her baby brother and watches closely as her parents desperately put Moses into a watertight basket into the River Nile, hoping for a miracle. And Miriam doesn't run off to the safety of home. She stays, waiting to see what will happen to her brother. This takes a massive amount of courage. There are all kinds of likely outcomes for her baby brother, for Miriam herself, none of them good. And then the daughter of the desperate and feared leader, Pharaoh, finds the crying baby Moses. Again, lots of possible outcomes here. Miriam responds with a crazy childlike courage and an ingenious plan to bring her brother home. Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? And so somehow... Moses is temporarily back with his family, being nursed by his mother. And we don't get to hear any conversations between Miriam and God in this part of the story, but I'm convinced that they happened. Like The responsiveness and courage we see in Miriam, like that can only be God-inspired, God-breathed obedience. 
And as we go on to chapter 15 in those verses that we read, we're introduced to Miriam the prophet. Like Miriam is a leader who, in the high emotion and aftermath of the miraculous escape from Egypt, points people to God and leads them to respond in worship to him. Like, I love that we get to see this. A grown-up Miriam still responding courageously to God and leading others to do the same. And so I guess the question is, can we be people who readily respond to God, whatever that might mean and require of us? <laughs> ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Oh, you've got to have a sense of humor in life, haven't you? <laughs> so, can we be people who readily respond to God, whatever that might mean or require of us? Like, it's not on one person. It's not on one person here to be responsive. It's not on one person to bring the courage and the rest of us can just chill out. Like, if we're a team, we do this together. Like, we all get to hear from God. And I totally believe we will all get opportunities in life to show some Miriam-like courage. So how do we encourage and back each other in that? How do we encourage each other to respond to God and do that together? Some questions to think about. So the second thing we're going to look at is a team that fills in each other's gaps. And we're going to have a look to the younger brothers for this one, to Moses and Aaron and let's have a read of uh, Exodus chapter 4, and we're going to go verses 13 to 17, and then 27 to 30. Um, just a little bit of context. Um, God has spent a fair bit of time and a whole lot of patience commissioning Moses for the role to lead the Israelites out of Egypt to freedom. God has also given Moses a load of promises and a toolbox of miracles. Uh, this is Exodus 4 from verse 13. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you. And it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this stuff in your hand so that you can perform the signs with it. On to verse 27. Uh, the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. Then Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say and also about all the signs he had commanded him to perform. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. I like that the stories of Moses and Aaron are unfiltered. Like we get to see it all. And part of me is a bit surprised and a little bit uncomfortable with this. But why should I be? Am I surprised that God never gives up on two people who keep doubting, questioning, and going off track? Yeah, kind of. Um, 
And am I uncomfortable because God seems a little too patient and a little too forgiving? Maybe a little bit. And am I a bit perturbed that my response is pretty much the exact opposite to God's response? Yes, obviously. We all have gaps. They might be short-term, in-the-moment, temporary gaps. They might be long-term, more permanent ones. Either way, we need each other to fill in our gaps. And God isn't put off by our gaps, even when the gaps we see like Moses here, are not gaps that God sees. How amazing is it that God works with Moses in his fear, his self-doubt, and his God-doubt? And I think it's worth just thinking, like, God isn't, he's not just trying to get someone, anyone, to get a task done. God hasn't got a to-do list. Mm, Free the Israelites from slavery. Quick, let's get someone to do that. Tick. Like This is about God's personal relationship with Moses, the miracle baby, honorary Egyptian, murderer, isolated shepherd. And this is also about God's personal relationship with Aaron, unknown up to this point, but he's there, a willing sub, kit on, ready to come off the bench as backup for his terrified brother. Aaron is great, isn't he? Like God tells him to go to Moses, so Aaron goes to Moses. Moses tells Aaron what to say, Aaron says it. Moses shows Aaron the miracles, Aaron does the miracles. It all just seems very Jesus-like to me. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. No greater love, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So for us, can we be people who are honest with God and each other about the gaps that we feel? Like, are we okay with others stepping in to help us out? And as we work this out, how can we make this a collective, healthy, God, me, and you kind of thing that allows us all to be the best God team we can be? And we're going to finish up now with my third suggestion on what team could look like. And that is um, a team that creates space and lets go. So the Israelites, they're still in the desert, still having a wander around, and they have come under attack. And we're going to read Exodus 17, verses 10 to 12. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered... And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset." So many things I love about this. I love the picture of Moses interceding high up, looking over the battle, praying over his young apprentice, Joshua. I love that Moses gets tired and that he needs to sit down. And I love that Aaron is still by his brother's side, filling in his gaps, this time holding up his wobbly arms. 
But the thing I love most is that we get to see a team that creates space for other people to step into it. Um, I don't think we've seen her up to this point, and I'm not sure if we hear of him again after this story, but here he is ready to play his part. And Moses and Aaron could have gone, ah, nah, you're all right, her, we've got this. We do this kind of thing all the time. We'll manage, don't worry. Like, they don't, because that's not team. A team that has got God running through it creates space for all kinds of people from all kinds of places in all kinds of ways. And this kind of team is great at letting go. Like Moses is passing the baton on to Joshua. And he says in verse 14, my summary, write all this down so we don't forget this has happened, that we will always be pointed back to God and his awesomeness when we remember this day. And Moses says, and make sure Joshua hears it. So remember this and make sure Joshua hears it. And then later on, in the presence of all Israel, Moses lets go, releases their new leader with all the open-handed generosity possible. Moses says to Joshua in Deuteronomy 31, verse 7 and 8, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I think that's pretty cool. And um, we're going to end with some verses from Jesus the very best example of creating space and letting go. Uh, Some well-known verses uh, from Matthew 28, uh, verses 18 to 19. So Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And Jesus says to me, to you here today, I've got all this unbelievably awesome stuff. And I'm giving it all and more to you. Jesus says, I'm creating space for you. I'm letting go. So, go on, go. And so as we, um, yeah, think about this stuff and like, how, do we, how do we respond? What does it um, mean for us? I kind of want to encourage us to think about it as a, team response like yeah I'm sure there's stuff for us individually to like take away and think about but for us like here as every church in this place in this time what does it mean and look like and I'm gonna um, pray for us as every church that God will give us the ability and the desire to respond to his leading like that we will be like responsive, that we will be courageous and prophetic in that. And I think there's something for us in filling in each other's gaps. And I want to encourage you to um, talk to someone, share your gaps with them, pray and help each other. And yeah, just how can we do this in a 
two-way, every which way kind of thing. You know, like, have a think about that. And, yeah, maybe, well, I mean, we always need to hear Jesus, don't we? Um, But, yeah, hearing Jesus say, um, yeah, those words that we've just read. Yeah, I've got all this stuff, and I'm giving it to you. So go. And we go together with God running through it all. And that's how anything and everything is possible. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And as we um, worship and as part of our response, like if you want to move around, do that. Like if there's someone that is in your head right now and you want to go and you chat with them, you want to ask, hey, can I pray with you? If someone asks you that, you can say, no, thanks, I'm all right. That is totally fine, just to say. Um, but yeah, like, move around. See, uh, yeah, respond to whatever God might be saying. But yeah, I'm going to pray. Father God, yeah, thank you that we do not have to do any of the stuff of life on our own. Thank you that we get to do it with you. And thank you that you have put us in this weird and wonderful team um, to do life together. And yeah, God, will you um, expand our minds and our definition of team where maybe we've got a little bit too um, inward looking? Um, Yeah, will you explode our definition of that word to make it more like yours, Jesus. And yeah, God, we want to, yeah, be responsive people to, um, to hear you, to feel your nudges and, yeah, to respond. And will you give us courage? Yeah, will you help us to be a little more Miriam? Yeah, to be courageous and to, yeah, for that prophetic edge as well. Um, Yeah, God, will you give us that? And yeah, as as we do life together and we are so aware of gaps that we feel in our own lives, and will you help us to work out how to be honest with each other and to... Um, support and get alongside each other in ways that are mutually healthy Um, yeah we want to be more like you Jesus so yeah will you help us and yeah as we uh, maybe if you want to stand now um, Jesus, we we hear you, we see you um, stood in front of us saying, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. I'm giving it all and more to you. I'm creating space for you and I'm letting go. So go on, Go. Yeah, Jesus, 
Help us to respond to you now. Amen.